0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the unfiltered, unedited, uncensored, and commercial-free Sharks podcast that is the Pucknologist here on Teal Town USA. Dear Lord, show 146, we got three games this week, and the Sharks went 2-1 and during those games. We're going to get into those, bat a few topics around, and dare to acknowledge reality unlike the people working Sharks pre and post. But first, we have to tell you. Remember to subscribe, follow us on social media. If you'd like to help support the content we deliver, you can always use that Super Chat option to donate during live shows. We do prefer the Venmo option. You can find us at TLTownUSA on Venmo, and we thank you for that support. And if you are not watching live on YouTube, make sure to add your take in the comment section of this video. All right? We cool. So, let's get into these, and uh, hey now, look at that. We got ourselves a special guest. And wow, my camera is way off. There we go. <laughs> ah. Oh, I love technology so much. So Ian Reed, what's happening, buddy? Why can I not Good. hear Ian Reed? <laughs> uh, because I muted myself. There it here. is.
1: There we go. Um, thanks for having me on. Good to be here.
0: All right then. Uh Jerkman, you're you're here all the time. What do you think? <laughs>
2: uh you know what? Uh we had last week off and it was a good thing cuz nothing happened. So glad to be back. Um it was although, a nice. One. The, <laughs> the things that happened this week, I don't know if it was the best things,
0: but <laughs> they were things. <laughs> things happened. Oh, let's get into it. Uh so your Sharks weekly wrap. Oh my lord, 33 games into the season, the Sharks are 17-15 and 1 435 points. Mm-hmm. 33 games a season ago they had 30 points 13 16 and 4 so same point last year so for all the changes the sharks are five points better with league average goaltending and a focus on defense okay then the goal scoring is worse though worth mentioning <laughs> you're yep. not wrong sir <laughs> so with 35 points the sharks sit fifth in the pacific division they have gone two and three in their last five games, four of which being at home, by the way. <sighs> of the two wins, of course, it took them going to overtime to win both of them, not really taking advantage of the December schedule as they went three and four and went two and two in divisional games. The good news, they're a point away from the wild card spot. The bad news, there's a shit ton of games in hand with the teams in front of them. So this week, look, um, I did really good on my picks. I went 3 for 3. It, it was good. 30 33 games. I had them at 18 and 15. Right now they're 17 15 and 1. That's pretty goddamn good the last time I looked. But as you talked about, it's been a couple of weeks of and the you know, three games were postponed. And it seemed like half the team went on the on the COVID protocol. I mean, Hurdle, Dahlin, Weatherby, Burns, Kane, everybody got the Rona. The best part being though that Weatherby had to drive back from San Jose with Chichek. Drive back to San Jose from Loveland, Colorado. That's a nineteen hour drive for those. I was people.
2: gonna say that is not quick.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's Jesus. So versus Vancouver, versus Edmonton at Anaheim, all of those postponed. So we start with Sharks at Arizona. This is a eight seven victory in the shootout. James Reimer versus who? <laughs> Wedgwood? Who? Uh, the of course the the best part of this is Nick Merkley getting absolutely hosed. <laughs> Bogner during the morning media session said yeah I, I've got uh, Nick uh, he's going to be centering the fourth line Nick looking forward to it proving himself against the team that drafted him and the, oh shit sorry we're going to scratch you for Peterson oh well I, I just happens. I
2: <laughs> I want to know like I want to know what Lane Peterson has on Bob Bogner, <laughs> dude dude Like, honestly, like, I, I I don't, and, and, you know, like the worst player in the NHL is really good at hockey, but holy crap, like (laughs) Lane Peterson has somehow brought less than nothing to the table. I don't know how he stays in the lineup.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, like Lane Peterson's a guy that I just, I don't understand. I mean, I don't understand the whole fourth line right now. Like, I understand Gadjevich, I understand VL on their own. I don't understand the combination of the two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How
0: many of these guys do
1: we really need? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if if someone would have punched someone on Pittsburgh in the face today, they would have won, right? <laughs> probably. So go. they say So they say. I mean, that's I'm surprised that wasn't the talking point. Well, you know, if they would have punched them in the face, you know, then then things would have been better. Like I I I understand like having guys in the lineup that, you know, can tussle. Like I'm not, I'm not like a hockey prude. I'm I'm not anti-fighting. I think that fighting's impact on the game is incredibly overstated, but I still like watching a good scrap. That makes me a monster, so be it. I'm a I'm a CTE monster. Like I, I still like watching a good scrap. But like I just I don't understand how you put both of those guys in the lineup and then put Peterson between them. Like it just, I don't, I, if the, if the Sharks are supposed to be a meritocracy and we'll talk about that more later in the show, when we get to some of the other games. I I don't understand how
0: Peterson's centering the fourth line. Well, <laughs> uh, jerk, how badly would you like to see James Neal centering the fourth
2: line? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> He he's not a natural center, but I bet he would be all right there. Um, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I'm just, like I don't know. I mean, everything we know about waivers, right? James Neal is probably going to go unclaimed tomorrow, but <laughs>
1: and I'd... then someone'll trade like 3 picks for him.
2: Yeah, and I'm just I mean, I I'd, I'd take a
0: chance. Why not? He's making league minimum. Who cares? Well, dude, <laughs> go back and look every time he gets traded to a team that team like does really well. Yeah.
2: I mean, he's he scored historically. I mean, the last few years have been not so great, but you know, prior to prior to twenty uh, prior to twenty eighteen, nineteen, he scored twenty or more goals ten years in a row. Like but it's for a team, every but for time a team he that gets,
0: needs goals, like every time he gets traded to a team, they all of a sudden make the playoffs. But whatever. Yeah. Uh this is a game what, this is uh Hobgawaks, his like NHL debut, right? Against the Coyotes? Yeah, was it? Or was mm-hmm. that his second game? No, second. that was the second game. Oh, it was the sec- see this. See this is what happens when you take two weeks off, man. I get, <laughs> I get lost. Either way, uh, look at the end of the at the end of the first, you could hear it because there weren't a lot of fans at SAP Center, unfortunately. But you could hear like a uh, Carlson just barking at Middleton, and then that carried on. That and it was great that they showed it on TV. You could see as they're going into the dressing room after the first period. Middleton like turned around and Carlson flinched. (laughs) Like, Middleton was like, dude, do I need to stick my mustache on you? Like, shut
2: up. (laughs) Well, and, and, but you know what, though, since since that tongue lashing, uh, Middleton's got one goal, three assists. So, you know, maybe, maybe
0: Carlson deserves that A after all. Dude, can can (laughs) he, can he go like bark at at Meyer? (laughs) No, he needs to go yell at Peterson. Classic. (laughs) but i mean this is ridiculous the sharks unfortunately cough up a two-goal lead three separate times in this one yikes uh but the storyline for me was like look can you get too excited about beating the worst team in the nhl in a shootout yes i I mean if the sharks lost this game
2: that's what everybody's going to be talking about like True. Yeah, it, it, it was ugly, but they got the two points, and Arizona's not a divisional rival anymore, so who cares? And they're also bad, so double who cares. I, it's a win, and I'm happy.
1: Yeah, I think, like, after a game like that, like, that, this is a game where you just burn the tape, right? Like, win, lose, draw. You, you obviously not draw because you can't tie in the NHL, but you burn the tape because win or lose, like, you're not, there's not a whole lot to really take from it. I mean, good on them for for sticking with it and getting the win in overtime and not just, you know, rolling over after giving up so many leads. But I mean, at the end of this one, you just burn the tape.
0: Burn the tape, but man, there was some stupidity. The the, the fact that, was it? it was Brent Burns, right? That like took a stupid ass cross-checking penalty with 2:30 left in yep. the game when you have that lead. It's like, what the hell are you doing? And then Lad parked alone in front of Reimer, and Lad gets like a couple chances at it to tie the game up, and it's, Mm -hmm. what the hell are you doing? And uh, I do believe we have the the video here of EK65. His controller broke. You know, (laughs) like you see (laughs) Nieto rushing in, trying to make a difference. Hurdle rushing in, trying to make a difference. Carlson going, yep. Yeah, I think that's going in.
2: I mean, in his defense, that uh, that was not his guy. Um,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you would think, <laughs> kind of like, oh shit, somebody messed no, up. For, I need to get in there.
2: No, for sure. You're you're right during that. There, especially when you recognize that your partner, in that case, Vlasic, you recognize that your partner is at a position like you got to even even honestly, even if Carlson had just literally skated into the guy, you know, <laughs> like
1: exactly. just do something. And Carlson Vlasic on the on, on the kill is, is a choice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm i not sure what kind of choice it is, but wow, it's a choice. Like, it's it's something.
0: <sighs> Either way, Sharks can't hold a two-goal lead three different times. Special teams was, okay, fine. You know, the 0 for 1, but they killed the the one penalty they had to deal with, whatever. Uh, attendance is something we're tracking. 11-450 on this one. That's not great, but, but I
1: wonder if there was no postponements, if it would have been, if it was just better because people were just kind of happy that there was finally a game again, true even that. if it was the Coyotes. Yeah, true. And that. I was, and I was
2: at this game too. And let me tell you,
0: oh, here
1: we go.
2: This was the stupidest game I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs>
0: no, why do you say that?
2: Well, and like I said before, I'm happy to get the win, obviously, mm-hmm. but. Arizona is the worst team in the league this year, and they are are they they've signed they've put their name on the sign up sheet for worst team in the salary cap era. Like, what? Why is this? <laughs> a, hashtag why is your this, yotes. Why is this an eight seven shootout game? Like, you know, like a, a, after the sharks, um, after the sharks had made it five to three, that should have been it. It should have been in. You shut yeah. it down. You get an empty net in the third period, and that's it.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It should have been it, but then, as we know, Arizona found a way to score four goals. And and you know, I give the Sharks credit for, like you said, Ian. They didn't get rattled, and they they were able to extend, re extend their lead every time it got cut. But goddamn, you got to shut it down.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's like, and and you can get saucy at Reimer, right? Like because obviously it's a lot of goals to allow in a game. But I mean, he faced almost fifty shots too.
0: Yeah, giving up like that for, many shots for, I, to I the worst team. I mean, for a
1: defense-first team? team, is is that normal? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's all is. I hear, keep hearing is defense-first, defense-first. I mean, if this mm-hmm. is defense-first, defense-first at what level? Pee-wee? <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, and I think, too, what's interesting to mention as well, you know,
2: it's supposed to be defense-first, yet you look at the top two pairs compared to the bottom pair, and there's a uh, pretty major discrepancy there on the minutes played. <laughs> Just yeah. a You know, we're obviously going to get into it when we talk more about Vlasic, but
0: I mean, 13 minutes at $7 million. <laughs> <laughs> you are so right. <laughs> and uh, I will say one of the funniest things about this one, at least for me, is the fact that this is a ESPN game, national game. So sorry, I'm not a big fan of Leah Hextall. I did, what's the cat's name for Arizona? Yannick?
2: Yeah, that sounds right.
0: Okay, I think I heard her pronounce that Jenic, uh, Janique. So, I don't know. It, it certainly wasn't the pronunciation I was used to, but either way, it's like, okay, it's an ESPN game, so you know what? I'm syncing up the boys. I'm going to hear Ruzanowski and, and Smitty, and uh, they were great. They were fantastic, but it is somewhat kind of funny as they're going to commercial. You hear Ruzanowski saying, hey, you know, tune in to one of our great radio affiliates as long as you're not in the Bay Area. (laughs) (laughs) We don't have radio where we play, but whatever. Uh, So after that, the Sharks face the Philadelphia Flyers. We all thought, I thought, I think Ian probably hoped that Jones is going to get a start in this. (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, I, I don't blame them for not starting Jones. Like, I think Jones will get the start when we play them later this week in Philly. But yeah, I think Jones probably has so much PTSD from playing an SAP that I would. <laughs> ever.
0: <start there. laughs> I mean, Felix Sandstrom, he does get his first NHL start for the flash. But if you go and look, it was announced really late. You know, yep. <laughs> I think they were kind of like, well, I'm not sure, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, but well, he me. did play the night
1: before in Seattle too. Yes. But, so there was that kind of put the the doubt in my mind that he was going to get the start in San Jose.
0: But it's a, it's a three two overtime win, and the thing about this one, at least for me, was Couture scoring shorthanded. If that doesn't happen, uh, you know, I think the Flyers take this one in regulation. You just go, holy. Fuck man, that was a nice that was
2: a nice goal too.
1: It oh. was weird because I thought like for large stretches of the game, like I thought the Sharks controlled play. Like this is, I know they won, but I was really angry after this game. <laughs> like I, yeah, they won, but they won in the most painful way possible. Yeah, like the, the Flyers start their their third string guy, who's not even a good AHL goalie. let alone like an NHL goalie, right? Like with the way that they pushed play and just couldn't put the puck in the net after, you know, filling the net against Arizona, which obviously, you know, Arizona's not a good team, but I look like this game was frustrating to watch. Like, it's funny because like earlier in the year, the Sharks were, they were just, they are a more enjoyable team to watch. And I finally just haven't been of late.
0: I would agree with that. We'll elaborate that on sooner. Like <laughs> the fact that the you know like Randy and Brett they're they're just espousing left and right how great Peterson's game has been. And I'm like, that's a pretty fucking low bar to get over. But yikes, like that's where you're trying to find that's your, your highlight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's your silver lining. And the thing that got you know got it for me, it's like the the Sharks were able to kill a five on three, which is always a good thing, but. You know, Burns got yeah big kill, huge kill, huge kill. And I thought, like, after that huge kill, I thought they had momentum. I thought
1: Philly, uh, with their travel issues and playing the night before, I thought they started looking really sluggish. And of course, the second I tweet that they start looking really sluggish, they score. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the thing that just pissed me off though it's like Burns for that five, leaving leading up to the five on three. Burns got called for a trip, and that's fine. I, when I saw it, I was like, yeah, that's that's a fucking trip. But yep. Meyer getting called for that hook I'm like oh my god that's one of the softest hooking calls I've ever seen but hey it is what it is the thing that stood out though of course for the Sharks Philly game Jerkman, dude Meyer and Dolan got stapled to the bench which
2: I, I I don't understand. I mean, yeah, you want to send you want to send a message that like you know we don't
0: want to win. That's the message, <laughs> right? But it's like you
2: know it, whether you're the best player or whether you know you're just a guy filling in. Like you know everybody's held to the same standard, and I I agree with that that logic of it all. Don't Unless get me wrong, but pieces. but to your but to your point, AJ, like Timo Meyer, ha, what has been the best player for the Sharks this year, and You know, you want to send a message to him, that's fine. But to hold him out of the overtime, I mean, that's just ridiculous to me. I mean, he literally, you know, is one of three players who give you the best chance to win. And especially, too, like, you know, that that mindset of everybody's held to the same standard, which I I agree with and for the most part has been true. But, like, I don't think Peterson has been held to that standard. I don't think Vlasic has been held to that standard. Oh, Vlasic, not at all. You know, and it's just like, you know, if you if if you're gonna, you know, it, it, I don't know. I just I, I didn't get it. Sending a message, I'm all for it. That's fine. But holding your best player out of the
1: game, I mean, like, like you said, do you so do you, you want to for win? To the, the third, but like in overtime, you don't. You put Matt Nieto on the ice instead of Timo Meyer. Like, <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> and not even yeah. that. Like, but obviously, look at right last year there was a lot of talk and now Timo Meyer has to pay for Evander Kane since. Right. Cause that's what this was, right? That's this was, well, you know, we didn't hold guys to account last year. Um, you know, guys that scored lots of goals. So this is how you send that message, I guess. But I think when you're trying to get like every point for the sharks matters so much right now, like there's no, the sharks don't have points that they can give away. And, Make no mistake. Like, yeah, they won this game, but they it could have just as easily gone the other way. Easy. And you can't put your top scorer on the line when when there's a huge two points. Like, yeah, it's not a huge deal because again, it's not a divisional rival, so it's not like giving teams to another play. You know, another team in your division. But like, the Sharks need every points. Mm -hmm. They need all the points they can get at this point, right? If they're legitimately trying to make a go of it, which is what they say they're doing. You need the points. And yeah, you could, uh, I think you could have easily sent that message. But like once overtime came in and the two points are on the board, it's time to get Timo Meyer back on the ice. That's my opinion. I'm sure some people will disagree. But, you know, it's again the, how Evander Kane continues to, to screw this team even when he's not here. <laughs> it was a choice. Well, and yeah. <laughs> not only that, too, but
2: especially you look at the ice time for this game, right? Jo- uh, Jonah Gadjevich just under eight minutes. Jeff field just over eight minutes. Lane Peterson just under eleven minutes with somehow three minutes of power play time. Like <laughs> you're you're not playing. You're obviously not playing your fourth line very much. You know, yeah. like if, if that's how you're going to operate, you should you know it should you should be putting your big guns out there. You know when you're not playing your fourth line and 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 that's. I don't know. It, it's just very weird to me. Like, it, it, if it was a situation where it's like, yeah, okay, like these guys they played under ten minutes, but wow, Timo Meyer and Couture they were both at twenty four minutes. Like they were mm-hmm. really, really gassing. Mm. But no, we didn't see that. And it's like I understand. Like even the Sharks' third line, like they're good players, but let's not pretend or like this is some o elite line. Stanley Cup third line, <laughs> right, you know? And no. and like I like what they all the O line, as you said, AJ. I like what they all bring to the table, but if you're gonna have, if that's gonna be your third line, your fourth line needs to be better than an AHL line. Christ
1: Almighty, yes. Uh, Ricky, and in the chat too, yeah. I just want to like point out, like the only other person that's been held, like I guess you know, Kevin Labanc was probably getting a little lonely being held to the standard. <laughs> but, you know, it's nice, nice
0: to Timo to join him, I guess. But Ricky asking, have you guys noticed uh, Dollins' shot since the shoulder injury? Yeah, his placement I... is gone, and the speed is off
2: you know i hadn't i hadn't noticed it but now that ricky says that and i'm thinking back on it it makes a lot of sense because really since that game he's i mean he's he's played decent but i don't think he's where he was it's, pre-injury
0: you are
1: correct i haven't really noticed jonathan Dolan that much of late to be completely honest like i had to go back and check and like did Dolan which games did Dolan play in because i haven't really I haven't really noticed him Now, maybe, you know, someone's going to, well, actually, Ian, he has a,
0: you know, a mid-jillion Corsi four, and he's been great. But, <laughs> but hold on, I, Ian. Like, sure, I... <clears throat> Let me ask you this. Is is the fact that we're not noticing Dolan is the fact that, like, over the last few games, he's been with Hurdle rather than Couture? Because it seemed like Dolan really excelled when he was up there with Couture and Meyer, but with Hurdle and Barabanov or Gregor or whoever, maybe not so much. Yeah, it it might be that too. I'm not really sure. Like I said, it just it's not like
1: he hasn't really done anything that's kind of stood out to me on the ice. Um, And it could be, it could simply be as simple as maybe line placement work. He was possibly better off with uh, with Couture. But I think also what Ricky said probably something to do with it too, right? Like he his shot hasn't really been there um, since the injury. So I mean, hopefully, like again, like if you can, if you want to well, actually be on Twitter and me how good he's been uh like like to see it i just well, from my from what i've seen with my with my two eyes though really you know digging deep i haven't really noticed him of late
2: well and and not only that too but we we've obviously talked about it in weeks prior but it's i i mean i understand what they're trying to do you know they're trying to switch things around and mm-hmm. and spark something but we've pretty much all year we've talked about it where you know the second line has been hurdle and barabanov and then it's been a a rotating cast of guys and you know that that third spot on that line we aj and i have said has kind of been a black hole Mm -hmm. you know where you you put somebody there and yeah they look good but the points aren't really there for them and you know i think it is a lot have to do with line placement i almost you know i almost wonder if it would have been better to just keep dolling up with couture or maybe try dolling with You know, Hurdle and Barabanov still together. I don't know. But, you know, I still think, especially with the shoulder injury, you know, you're going to need somebody, whoever is Barabanov is going to play with, you're going to need that person to, to, you know, pull the weight a lot of the night. You need to be able to, that person needs to be able to get the puck to Jonathan Dolan. He can't be relied on at this point to make anything happen himself, especially if he is still (laughs) dealing with that lingering injury.
0: Yeah. It's a very LeBanc type of player. (laughs) So either way, uh, no power play goals over the last five games with this one. 0 for 11. The Sharks in this one, 0 for 4 on the power play. But they were 3 for 3 on the PK, including that 5 on 3. But the Sharks... Huge kill. Yeah, huge kill. But Randy also pointing out that the Sharks are last in the NHL when it comes to drawing a man advantage. Move your feet! I think move your that, feet, have yeah. the
1: puck. You know things that help.
0: Yeah, things that do that. Uh, in this one, Habgaux uh, got scratched. Uh, Mario Ferraro went to protocol, so Milosh subbed in, and Shimmick got moved up with Burns. Which is it just me, or is Shimmick starting to be like the Shimmick that we all remembered? It,
2: it, it's amazing how it's amazing how well you can play when you don't have the anchor that is classic on there
1: <laughs> I think he was yeah I thought he was okay in the Philly game but I didn't think he was good tonight like I thought he was yeah. very I mean not that anyone was really good today tonight this afternoon um but I didn't think <laughs> this he this <was>, morning <laughs> this morning for for you guys on on the west coast um I didn't think he was good today at all like I thought there was a bunch of goals were i'm like what good. are you doing buddy nobody, I thought he's, nobody I thought he's was been, good today
2: i thought he's been <laughs> better though you know what i mean like and really yeah. it's been that way even prior to this this stretch of games you know it seems i think we talked about it two weeks ago aj where it seems he seems more physical again his skating seems to be a little crisper you know it doesn't seem like he's getting totally railroaded as much you know he he <laughs> that's on. not to say yeah i don't i don't know he's i mean he's you know i wouldn't say he's the best defenseman ever right but like i i think he's been better as of late which is obviously you know yeah. you're gonna need that um you know especially with the top four is pretty set you're gonna need a third pair that's not ass and if you know if shimmick can kind of pull it together the way he has been you know the sharks might be onto something i don't know
0: if you follow jerks account i thought i saw something about the redeemer yeah I mean, he had a hell of a hit on Kevin Hayes. Yeah, yeah, that was that was, that nice. was a nice hit for sure. Uh, but obviously, the storyline is you know they coming back from a 1-0 deficit. Coincidentally, after uh, Vl uh, had, I don't know if I would call that a fight. Vl. <laughs> <laughs> but this uh, the game. It felt like Sutter era hockey, where it was just kind of like, no, we're just going to play heavy knuckles, dragger, you know, and again. Couture shorthander being the key for me, at least. And uh, although I will say, and we'll get into this in a hot minute, but uh, both of the Philly goals come from Burns and whoever he was partnering with at that time getting beat on coverage. So, look, uh, hey, they won. That's all that mattered, right? So, then (laughs) Pittsburgh starts. Of a four-game road trip. Now, here's the thing: Pittsburgh had won seven straight coming into this, but they had had their last five games postponed due to that Rona, and they had not played since December 19th. So, of course, you're going to hear the 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 commentators go, "Well, Pittsburgh's going to come in rusty and well, <laughs> like they haven't played in a long time." No, I think they came in rested as fuck because <laughs> <laughs> they put six goals on the sharks in like what the first 12 minutes of the game or whatever it was to the point where they they pulled reimer have sachenko start the second oh yeah, yoy uh i mean what how do you how do you jerk the the first period like how do you not turn off the tv and go yeah i got other things i can do today you know, dude, I really thought about it. Like, <laughs> like it was,
2: it was six to one, and I'm like, you know what? I got some other stuff going on. I'll shut it I, off. I can change get, my when oil I get, and... when I get home. <laughs> when I get home, I'll watch the recap. I'll take some notes, and that'll that's gonna do it. You know what I mean? And for some reason, I stuck around and watched this dumb game, and <laughs> you know, they they almost brought it back. I, I you give you masochist. I, I, you know, I, it's hard to, it's hard to point to what was the source of the fire that
0: got lit under them, but something happened and you know, they almost brought it back. So dude, it was, I mean, Ian, you had to have been sitting there going, okay, after one, six, one after two, six, two. And you're like, okay, that's that second goal. That's Pittsburgh going. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll throw you a little bone, but all of a sudden three goals in the first four minutes of the third, you're going, wait a minute. What?
1: Yeah. So, so here's, I'll tell you, I'll tell you all a funny story. So I was at work <laughs> when this game was going on. Right. And I'm like, wow, I'm so glad I don't have to watch that. And then AJ messages me like a few hours ago and it's like, Hey, do you want to come on the show? And I'm like, yeah, but I've only seen one game this week. I'm like, but you know what? I'll I, I can watch the Pittsburgh game. So I, 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 plowed through the Pittsburgh game about an hour before the show. Um, after thinking I would like, you know, uh, skipped a good one cause of work. Um, and, uh, yeah, like it, it was nice of Casey DeSmith to completely, like, <laughs> let the Sharks back in the game because some of the goals the Sharks scored were awful. Oh, they were like, dude, they were ass. They like the, the, just, yeah, just not good goaltending by Casey DeSmith at all. So it was, it was nice to, you know, after, after Reimer got lit up in the first for him to, you know, kind of let the Sharks back into it. Um, I give the Sharks credit here again, uh, you know, just like the Arizona game, like they, they could have just taken the rest of the morning off, right? Like, after that first period, you do whatever. But Zachary is going in for his first NHL game. Uh, And I I think that does motivate guys, right? And I think they did play a little bit better in front of him. I think Sachenko got lucky a couple of times, too, because uh, I thought Pittsburgh beat him pretty clean on a few shots that hit posts and crossbars.
0: A lot of posts Um, in this game.
1: Yeah. um, You know, and look at Zachary Sachenko, a guy who – a few years ago, almost, you know, just hung up the skates, right? And he's only on an NHL contract because the Sharks needed a taxi squad goalie. And in order to have no. a taxi squad goalie, he has to be on an NHL deal. That's how Zachary Sachenko got his deal. Because, like, let's be honest here. Uh, as as good as this was for Zachary Sachenko it's not like he's been lights out in the AHL either. Like, Goaltending is a huge problem for the Barracuda. Well, I was going to say
0: anybody who has played for the Barracuda has been Melnichuk, Sodchenko, They've all gotten torched.
1: Yeah, the Middleton tip was was great. Yes, I'm seeing in chat the Middleton tip. But if you go back and watch some of those goals, and and Casey Desmith was pretty ass on most of them. <laughs> um, well, well, not only that too, but I I, I
2: thought it was quite hilarious. To be honest with you, after after Matt Nieto's goal, how on the broadcast like, well, you know, uh, that's how they drew it up, and it's like, <laughs> like, are, I, I, are you watching the same thing? Like the puck hit the boards and then hit DeSmith Smith and went in. Like that was that was to say that's a skill play. Like you're embarrassingly naive,
0: <laughs> dude. Nieto will tell you luckiest goal he's ever scored in his career. I'll tell you what though, going
2: back to what I said before during the. Uh, When we were talking about the Arizona game though, man, Jake Middleton, (laughs) he can, he's, he's, he's come to play, you know, like this is the, you know, you, you think about what type of player Carlson is. Middleton is the shutdown complement to Eric Carlson. Oh yeah. And so as a, as a, as a strategist, you're thinking, why is our shutdown defenseman in the slot getting a tip on the, (laughs) Oh, he called for it
1: too. Like he called, like if you, if you watch the replay, like Middleton called for the, for the tip. Yeah. (laughs) Before. And I mean, it was you, like that goal was was sweet. I don't want to take anything away from that goal because that goal was sweet. But if you look at yeah, some of those no, other f- goals like Casey, it was really bad today. For sure. But I, I, I just think it's kind of it's kind of leading itself to
2: a, a, a kind of an interesting story, you know, where it's, you know, Middleton's again, the shutdown defenseman, you know, he's calling for the puck and he's tipping it in the slot. Uh, his first NHL goal on a man net. He no sells it. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I it it, it's creating a fun story about who Jake Middleton is. I think. Oh sure, dude. <laughs> Mid- Middleton
0: had himself a week. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. All it took was <laughs> Eric Carlson yelling at him. Dude, like evidently, we're gonna get into that. Uh so the I mean the Sharks the the, the first power play goal in 12 chances after going 0 11 the previous five games. They finally you know got get one after starting Sachenko to start the second period. And, hey, you know, you have to give it a... Sochenko, he actually looked pretty fucking good with an NHL team in front of him. Yeah, you yeah,
1: know. like, I mean, I, I, give, look at, I
0: give the guy full marks, right? Like, I'm not trying to take anything away from him. I give him
1: full marks. Um, you know, and to, for him to have that moment, I mean, how awesome is that, right? To go from a guy who, you know, like, again, he got his contract because we needed an NHL tender to put on the taxi and we didn't when we wanted Melnichuk to get as many starts as possible with um with Kozunas right so I mean when you look at that I mean good for him man like awesome he had a, he, he played he allowed one goal um he got shelled because that's what the Sharks did all game
0: <laughs> like, full marks for Sachiko for me man yeah I thought it was you know did I mean he did literally what you would hope so, mm-hmm. you have to give it up to him, Reimer For as great as he's been, yeah, not his best week this week, but fine, whatever. Uh, for me, it is what it is. You know, like <laughs> you go down six-one in the in the first. Look, this is a Sharks team that th- they were down six-one in the first. 4 minutes into the third they were down 6-5. You mm-hmm. have to think if Martin Jones is in net, if this is a year ago, it's not 6-5 4 minutes into the third, it's 10-1. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you have to at least appreciate the fight, the 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 comeback that they tried, you know, like mm-hmm. I can appreciate this. I can sit there and go Oh man, they, Jesus Christ, they feel like this is game seven versus Vegas. Like they can come back. It's it's you know, yeah. it looked interesting. And if memory serves, who was it? Was it Couture? I th- believed missed a wide open four by six that would have tied the game.
2: Yeah, so in the third. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and Benino. So it was like, look, at least you you you're seeing this fight that we haven't seen from the Sharks in a long time. So you have to at least respect the fact that it's like, fuck, man, you're down fucking five goals in the first period and you take that shit back to only one? Well, yeah, in, and you remember I said earlier about how, like in the Arizona game, I would I would burn
1: the tape. In isolation, I would probably burn the tape on this one too. But the problem is, is those two games have come within three games of each other, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Uh-huh. So that's that's concerning. Because I think the again, like the early part of the game, you probably want to burn the tape there. <sighs> um, but I mean, it's it's a li- it's got to be a little concerning at least now, right? If you're Bob Buechner,
0: a coach. yeah,
1: like. <laughs> Two, two, you know, two out of three games, and like for a team that can't score, I mean, you know, they've definitely put some pucks in the net, but we've gone back to not keeping them out of our net either. So I don't know, like you, they can't do both, right? Like in, in the Philly game, it's the opposite. They they can't put the puck in the net, but at least they're keeping, you know, but they're not allowing a million goals either. Yeah, they well, score a million goals, it's because they've
0: allowed a million goals. So I don't know. What the secret recipe is here? <laughs> well, I will tell you, man. This, I mean, this is something that, that Jerk and I have talked about ad nauseum. But man, oh my god, the fact <laughs> it's just because Jerk will sit there and go, "Yeah, dude, I literally it's a seven thirty game. Okay, cool. My phone is set for seven thirty seven. That's a punch. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's like I don't want to hear the Pollyanna bullshit." From that's, yeah, from, that's literally, literally the play.
2: Yeah, you know, turn on the game right after the national anthem. Oh, it's intermission. Set the timer on the phone for eighteen minutes, and I'll go do something else. You know, I'll go, I'll go sit on my computer. I'll go talk
0: to my fiance. I'll go fucking take a walk. I'll go do something. You know <laughs> like, what I mean? Literally, it's funny, though, because anything but listen to the Pollyanna bullshit. It's it's funny though because
1: I find like Twitter Twitter ruined everything, right? Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you why why Twitter like. Is there anything more like there's I understand like they want to get like you know, you usually you, sometimes you get interviews or whatever, but like the the intermission show has become so irrelevant now. Because remember like back in the day you'd listen to an intermission, especially on a national broadcast, right? Like second intermission, you'd get all the all the hot stove, right? All the all the hot rumors and stuff. But I have Twitter now, man. I, I know this stuff as soon as it happens. I don't no, need to it's... wait for
0: but it's not that. It was. It was uh, like I said earlier. It was like I, you know, I got a little fucking uh, ripper magood on New Year's, <laughs> bled over until the next day. So this morning, like I said, dude, you know, like, so, like the game started at ten local time on Pacific. I woke up, started watching when there was like a minute and a half left, and I, you know, six to one, and I went, like, Jesus Christ, what a shit show this is. But mm-hmm. then it goes to to uh, to Cozumore filling in for Brody, and then you got you know Mister Pollyanna himself, Curtis Brown, <laughs> and I am sitting there and I am going, you know, he's going, you know, uh, Cozumore, who I th- honestly I think is worse when it comes to the Pollyanna stuff. I think he is super duper Pollyanna, like Brown is kind of Pollyanna. He's a, he's a bit Paul poly- as like embodies Pollyanna. It was just the fact where it was just a, you know, Curtis Brown. Well, you know, what did you think about that? That first period, you know, six, one, that's going to be tough. Well, I don't want to talk about that period. Oh, in other words, you don't want to acknowledge reality. Is that what you're trying to say? Curtis, you know, and then Hedekin at one point goes, well, I don't want to talk about the scoring chances in the first. Why? Because Pittsburgh had so many more than the Sharks? Like, like fuck yeah. like I, 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 like hold on. It's just like Kozimore, <laughs> Brown, Hedekin, these are all insanely very nice people, but it pisses me off. It makes me feel like they think I'm an idiot. You know, when the the way that they talk about when they come on, there's, well, here's the silver lining of the, no, you can put all the polish in the world on a turd. It's still a turd. And it, and it, again, it just, it just super duper frustrates me to hear like, like I feel like I'm being talked down to where they're just like, you know, even though they're down six, one, Here's the one good thing you could No, fuck you! Acknowledge the fact that they got their asses handed to them. That just uh and it's have you ever heard somebody talking and you're just going, oh my god, like you're you're literally like face palming because you're like, oh my god, this is the most embarrassing thing. Like, I feel so embarrassed. And I'm not even saying it. I'm hearing somebody else say this. And because of how bad it is, I feel embarrassed. That's how I felt about Kosmore and Hedekin during this game. It's just like, if you have to scramble that hard to find a fucking silver lining, maybe there's not a silver lining to be found. And this, to me, is Drew Romenda encapsulating his best quote ever. How can I praise this team with any credibility if I can't critique them honestly there you go what I, what I thought was really hilarious too speaking
2: on the same you know point sort of uh so they're during the during this whatever you want to call it this comeback in the third period <laughs> you know. <laughs> Like they're talking, oh, you know the Randy. Randy's was saying, oh, you know the the Sharks. You know they they've put up, you know they've put up four, you know the last four goals and blah blah blah. And they didn't even need a five minute power play. Did, to do yeah, it. I or heard something. that too, and I like, was just
0: like, oh my god, it, really? It was
2: three years ago. <laughs> let it go, like, man. Don't get me. Don't get me wrong. And one of the most awesome memories for me as a Sharks fan, I was at the game, but holy fuck, it was three
1: years ago. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, remember that time for, uh, when like the soul.
0: Sharks yeah. beat the Detroit Red Wings in the Game Seven in '94? I remember.
2: <laughs> like this is almost like 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 this is this is some like what if it was in Tahoe
1: level bullshit? Mm. Like can we like just? Oh my god, you are so right. It's um, bad, right? And here's like here's and here's the point I was trying to make earlier. Like the problem is is like not only. Is the fact that it's like the intermission shows are completely irrelevant now? Ugh. Like they—they're they, completely irrelevant. I don't, I don't feel like that they're irrelevant. They just—you
0: no, they that make you can't me feel no. I—I I don't feel that they're irrelevant. Let me finish. I, but let me finish. Okay, go ahead.
1: Right. So, <laughs> what they have to do is they want obviously they—they don't have anything of value to give you really, right? I mean, they could critique the game, but. And you would like them to do it a little more honestly, but most people in today's day they don't want to hear they don't they want to hear what they want to hear. They don't want to hear what they don't want to hear. So if your if your glasses are the tealest of teal tinted (laughs) Right Solid plug. You (laughs) don't want to hear how bad this team is. You wanna hear you only want to hear good things because that's you don't want people to upset your bubble.
0: But that's I, the problem. I feel and I, like I, agree. The, the, I I, agree. I still I think feel they
1: do a huge disservice to this fan base because I
0: mean, if you Don't treat me like I'm a fucking moron. Right. That's the thing that just gets me. But anyway, all right. Here's, well, but here's the thing
2: though. <laughs> what if you are a moron?
0: But well, okay, welcome to Shark's fan, Facebook. Okay. <laughs> and, and and I totally agree with you, but That's the whole thing is that then it starts to be this whole idea of that. I guess you got to hold the, uh, I don't know, the weights this way. It's like, okay, so we have to appeal to fans that can like acknowledge reality and see what is happening. But then we also have to acknowledge the fans that are retarded and don't understand what they're watching and just want to have smoke blown up their ass. Like, yeah, I and just, obviously
1: and, and again they want people to come to the arena. So if you if you rip them apart for an intermission and I'm looking at my ticket money and
0: I'm saying, hmm, "I could
1: go watch the Warriors." I'm, I'm not expecting the them to
0: rip them apart. I would. You know, but it's the whole thing of the like again, it's one of my favorite quotes ever was there was at a time, I can't remember if it was last season or the season before, but there was a stretch of time where the Sharks literally went 0 for 16 on the power play and Brody throws it to Curtis Brown and says, okay, so Curtis, this is a game that a power play goal, you know, they lost by one. This is a game that a power play, and 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 if if memory serves, the Sharks had like four chances on the power play. There's a game, Curtis, power play goal could have made the difference they haven't scored a power play goal in their last five games. What do you think is the problem with the Sharks' man advantage? And Curtis literally said, well, I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about it. And it's, oh, my God. So you don't want to acknowledge reality. And that's the thing yeah. that drives me up a fucking wall. And when I see Mark Smith in there or Drew Remenda in there and they're you know, showing you on their big jumbotron. Here's where the sharks fucked up. Like, this mm-hmm. is what they should have done. Or you see this and this was a bad move or some. Like, I can appreciate that. It's like, look, the sharks are not going to win every fucking game. It's okay to point out the obvious, like not everybody does it right. Sometimes you fuck up and maybe pointing out the fuck up will help you not fuck up in the future. Well, not even that. I mean, it, it
1: helps you understand. Like, it also helps the viewer understand yes. why things went wrong, right? Like, and that's and that's and that's why they do such a disservice because they don't like for the, the. Let's be honest, all right. The intermission show it's not for guys like us. It isn't, right? You're right. It's not for guys like us. Like guys like us, we can watch the game. We don't need. I don't need Drew Amenda to break down a
0: play. I can figure it out on my own, right? But at least Drew is going to be honest about it. Yep. I feel like at, at this point, I feel like Curtis Brown, and, and he he could be the nicest guy on the planet. Uh, you know, when you meet him, he'll he'll do anything for you. Blah blah blah. But when he's doing the show, I just feel like I'm I I I feel like I'm being lied to. Like I'm being misled. Mm-hmm. Like it, like I feel like Curtis Brown thinks I'm an idiot. Well, I mean, we don't call it Jerk State Media for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but, see, you know what I'm saying? So, all right, we should probably move yeah. on. Uh, so what do we take from the week's games? Look, uh, they they've <laughs> three games were postponed of the seven home games. They did play. They, they went four and three, so, I mean, a little bit better. But they did go one and two in the divisional games, which is something that Jerk, Ian and myself have all pointed out how big of a difference that's gonna be the thing. These divisional games, and it only gets worse from here. <laughs> the Sharks, as I look at the schedule, I believe the Sharks have more in division games to finish out the last half of the or the well, I should say the second half of the season than anybody else. But let's get to stock up and stock down this week. Stock up. Look, Timo Meyer. you were a little worried about him maybe a couple weeks ago, but uh, over the... You were. (laughs) (laughs) But last few games... I knew it was fine. (laughs) (laughs) I knew! Uh, One goal, four assists this week. Got to enjoy that. Uh, Captain Logan Couture, three goals and an assist. Including a shit-out goal versus Arizona and a shorty, which we talked about earlier, which was a huge difference for the game against Philly. Uh, yeah, I mean, Logan Couture was the best shark uh, Philly game, and I don't oh, think it was particularly close. Yeah, to, uh, yeah there's nobody's going to debate this. Uh, but when it comes to the best shark of the week, uh, you might have to debate jerk when it comes to Barabanov. <laughs> well, I was, <laughs> what I was just gonna say, you know, you you said
2: last segment, you said what are our takeaways from, uh, you know, from this week, and the thing that I was gonna say, is uh, <laughs> the Sharks need to announce that Barabanov extension here pretty soon.
0: <laughs> oh, you think so? Oh. What do right, you th- what are you I'm, thinking? Like two years and like what one point two per? What are you talking? About? Uh, I think you got it. I mean. See, I don't think that Barabanov or anybody else in the league realizes how valuable Barabanov is more than you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you know, it all it all started when I was the leading bid on his Uprising jersey, and then right he scored now. his first NHL goal. <laughs> right? Um, but no, I I mean, I just think like, yeah, okay. So you look at the stats, right? And he's only got he's only got five goals this year, but I mean, he's got still got 18 points in 28 games that's not that's not bad you know what i mean and
0: he's, as that's the thing about, about bear Benoff this year he doesn't like the numbers the stat sheets it's it's not great for him mm-hmm. but if it, but if they counted tertiary assists oh God, holy yeah. fuck would he have some points that's
2: what i'm saying and he's you know he's clearly fit well with Tomas Hurdle now. Obviously, if the Sharks end up trading Hurdle, that's not going to matter. But mm-hmm. you
0: they know could end up trading both of them.
2: I mean, yeah, that's. I mean, if you're, we're getting way too ahead of ourselves here. But like, if you are, <laughs> but like, if you are trading Hurdle, then you're trading Barabanov too. But I think if you, you know, if you want to look, and we've been talking about this the last three years, you know, since the Sharks have not been a good team, it's like you need to find positives and find good things in order oh, what to... what are you...
0: What, is your name Curtis Brown suddenly?
3: <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, like, you know, you, you're you trying
2: to, you know, whatever the Sharks claim they're trying to do with this team, re... whatever your word is, rebuild, retool, reset, re... whatever, um, you know. <laughs> anything but rebuild? We don't say the
0: reword in San we You, never, you right. can say but, reset, retool, as long as you don't say rebuild.
2: Right, but... I, I just think you need to find like good pieces to have to to build, right? And I think Barabanov is that. I mean, especially the way he's played with hurdle, and and yeah, like y- you'd like more points on the board for
1: sure. But it seems to me like he's always making things happen. And he is like he's he is he is you know you have your guys that that get stirred, and you got guys that stir the drink. Mm-hmm. And Barabanov's the guy that stirs the drink. Like he's always generally impacting the ice positively for the Sharks when he's on it. Well, and, and and not only that, too, but if I can be selfish for a second,
2: if the Sharks keep Barabanov and he continues to play well, I will continue to be right, and I, I really need that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, stock up this week. Tomash Hurdle, two goals, one assist. Keep that trade value going up, buddy. Positive Dude, direction. You-
2: have you looked? <clears throat> have you looked at his numbers, Tomas Hurdle, since we called him out?
0: Oh shit! What you got there? <laughs> it's
2: it's like uh, I'm trying to go. We so <laughs> since we called him out, it's been six, seven, eight goals and four assists since we called him out, <laughs> and that's in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games. Do so we, twelve, do we... twelve points in nine games since we called him out. Do we need to call out Couture right now? No, he's doing fine. We need to, been great. We need to call out uh,
0: Lane Peterson. No, I'm just- <laughs> uh finally for stock up, stock down this week. Stock up. Look, Cogliano. Four game point streak. Under
2: the radar for yeah, sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Flying <laughs> under it. And then the other one, Jacob Middleton. Are you kidding me? Two goals, two assists in the last two games? And Jacob had,
1: Middleton's like my like he's not obviously gonna be the team MVP, but he's like my un you know, the unheralded guys. He's gonna be my unheralded MVP dude. probably this season if this keeps
0: up. Because <laughs> if your name is Kenizov, you have to be, you're sitting at home going, fuck. <laughs> no, nah, team. <laughs> yeah, there's
2: still one more body Khanizov can move out of the way.
0: classic. classic. <clears throat> yeah.
2: I, I, I think, you know, we kind of got into it a little bit, but I for me anyway, I think you can add Shimmick to the stock yeah. up list. I mean he's he's not what he you know what we all were enjoying three years ago, I think is worth saying. But, but I think he's why
0: been, why is Shimmick up? Is it because Ferraro's been out for the last couple games?
2: I mean that, that certainly has something Getting to do that with Getting that I'm opportunity. Sure. Getting opportunity for sure. But I think even prior to that I thought he's looked better. Um so I don't know. I mean like like I said, you know, if the Sharks have any dreams of being a playoff team, they need all three of their D-pairs to be clicking. Okay. And you know, so far Shimmick is, you know, appear anyway in the last however long month or so Shimmick's appeared to start pulling his weight, you know, we're just waiting on Vlasic. But oh
1: my lord, I'm not Middleton, there yet, but it's interesting.
0: No, Mid- Middleton, I mean two goals, two assists. The last two games had an amazing takeaway on uh, this this guy. I don't know if you've heard of him, Sidney Crosby. But uh, oh, I
2: saw him. that dude, and to not take a penalty too, I was like, exactly, Hell yeah. yeah. I'm like, yeah, dude, that was awesome. And and you know what? I gave myself credit for Barabonov last segment. I gotta kick myself down here now. <laughs> During training camp, I'm looking at Jake Middleton. I'm like, why is he still here? Like, yep, <laughs> big, big save, big save. <laughs> and now he's, you know, he's
1: only a part of the best d pair on the on the team.
3: Right.
2: I know. I, was, I I'm pretty sure. Like that was one of the last things Ian, Kevin, and I talked about. Was like, why is Jake Middleton still on the roster? You know, and yeah. and now, you know, why like is he said, not he, carrying
0: he, Peterson's bags? That's what I'm saying. He's on the bet. You
2: know, he's on the he's on the best pair now. And and like you said, definitely the deserves to be you know, viewed as that unheralded guy. I think you're right on that one, Ian. And, you know, we'll see. I mean, if Kineshav comes back and, you know, you get him out, you know, get him, maybe you get him and Shimmick or, you know, if Hataka can get it together, I just, I, I, I really want to see more experimentation with that bottom pair. Like yeah. burns Ferraro, <laughs> yeah. Without been, Vlasic. Right. And, like, burns Ferraro, like, yeah, they've been getting killed. But, like, you, you, I, I feel like you have to play them together at this point.
1: And, yeah, that that pair has been getting caved. That's that's an interesting one, right? Because I think like I really like Mario Ferraro, but like I'm worried that all this time with Burns isn't helpful. Like I feel like that's it sucks because like obviously you want to keep Middleton Carlson together because they've been really really good, yeah. but and then Ferraro has the been pretty yikes.
2: I'd I'd love to see Ferraro Carlson, but I I don't necessarily want to do that to Jake Middleton either. Right, yeah.
1: exactly. Because his
0: mustache scares the shit out of Carlson. I don't yeah. know. Uh, stock- I'm g-
2: I'm gonna pu- I'm gonna push it. Kniežov Hatka, third pair. That's what I'm
0: pushing. <laughs> stock down this week for me. Uh, Brent Burns. Yeah, he did have two goals this week, but man, his pocket was getting picked left and right. A lot of turnovers, and the big one for me taking the stupidest of penalties with two thirty left versus Arizona leading to the yotes tying the game did have a high value goal versus philly which we'll get into the module in a little bit but burns oof, been uh definitely been very high very low this week uh eric carlson he had a no wh- okay. you shut your mouth okay <laughs> shut your whore mouth shut your whore mouth i mean he had a horrible fucking turnover versus vancouver mm-hmm. Right. Uh, versus Arizona, you know, he's barking at Middleton, posts a minus three. He's staring at Ladd as his, Ladd's goal sends the game to overtime. Now, you know, some good stats versus Philly. Didn't feel like I saw him for the first couple periods, but that's fine. But stats don't lie. Numbers don't lie. He has had eight points in his last eight games, nine points in his last nine games. I still sit there and go, those stats are great. Those are Awesome. Love it. Love to see those on the score sheet. But again, I go back and I see this play versus Arizona where he is literally controller has been disconnected. And it's like, fuck, Eric, you have so much goddamn talent to see you sitting there with your thumb up your ass like, I sit there and go, eight points in the last eight games? F- Dude, you could have 14 points in your last eight games. Ryan needs to get that rebound, though, doesn't he? I, th- I think there's a couple people that need to be involved in that play. But anyway, uh, finally, stock down, and I think we can all agree on this. We can probably agree on this for the last two seasons. Mark Edward fucking Vlasic. Jesus Christ barely <laughs> averaging over 14 minutes a ge- dude is not even getting pk time anymore not even seeing the pk now he he's stepped he's not a little bit though cuz i thought he was on with i thought i, I know he was on with
1: carlson well he he on the pk with he, me. he's getting a sniff because
2: ferraro right yeah i was going to say he he had 104 today on the PK, but against Philadelphia, 34 seconds. I mean, it, it, yeah. like half of yeah, that you, is getting on the ice. You're and, not
0: getting that if Ferraro's still in.
2: And and against the Arizona
0: Coyotes, he had
2: three seconds of shorthanded time. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's literally waiting for the door to open. Like,
0: Yeah, when it comes you know. to return on investment in the de- on the defense, like, everybody knows. I I'm not a – big fan of eric carlson but man i'm starting to really fucking hate mark edward vlasic's contract that was, and
1: that was the contract
0: that was supposed to age the best yeah <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's the part that kills me right
1: because you thought like like a guy like like brent burns has been caved it defensively but i still like i think like he still has offensively upside right
0: or mm-hmm. oh uh, hold, wait a minute are you trying to say burns to forward
1: no, no, no I, I would, I would not go that far, but like Vlasic never had that upside to begin with. Yeah. So mm-hmm. for his defensive game to fall so far off a cliff when again, like Burns, like he crashes, he bangs, like you thought, oh man, like that Burns contract. That's, that's a concern because like, is he going to be able to skate with the way he plays when he's 40? Vlasic should have aged. That contract should have aged so much better. <laughs> Dude. Some something else I think is worth mentioning
2: too. And, you know, they, this was talked about a lot. And, and, you know, like I said, I was at the game. I saw it with my own eyes. The sharks were give, Oh, give away machines in the game against the Arizona coyotes. And, you know, I'm looking at the stats right now, you know, we, and I say, we, you know, Bob, <laughs> when talking about Timo Meyer was talking about, we, we hold everybody to the same standard, blah, 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 all this stuff. Look at the game sheet for the Arizona coyotes. Gadgevich, Hurdle, Barabanov, Ferraro, Carlson combined for five giveaways, between the five of them, five giveaways total. Brent Burns had five giveaways on his own. Yeah. I, I know that Brent Burns is the second highest paid defenseman on the team. You need him, on, same as Timo Meyer. you need him on the ice when you're trying to win the game. Yeah. But I similar to how Timo Meyer kind of got the jam job Bob treatment a little bit, I want to see... Brent Burns sit for a shift because he does some like nausea inducing stuff out on the ice cross-checking in the last two minutes of the third period that swing the stick bat the puck out of the air move that he hits like one out of ten times (laughs) like (laughs) I just want to see some accountability
0: (laughs) I would agree with you uh, let's move on to the stats. Uh, this is going to be real quick. It Look, Stock
1: if, down if you, Reimer, is that fair? Like, I think
0: huh? not a good week for Reimer. Uh, yeah, yeah. Not, not good for him, but overall with the team, yeah, it's not great. The, the, the power play, you know, went from like eighth to 10th to 12th, tw- either way right now, 18.2 has fallen to 19th in the league. Uh, Coming into the Pittsburgh game this morning, like I said, 0 for 11 over five games. Got one today. Either way, four for their last 17 with the man advantage in their last nine games. Uh, A lot of those at home, but one for 12 in their last six. That's not great. Penalty kill at 83% now. Still not bad? Not bad, but again, falling trending in a downward projection. Same thing with the face-off. Uh, at one point, they were almost 54% right now. 51.4 there. Tenth in the NHL. At one point, they were third. Um, you know, face-offs,
1: I thought this was a really good game, though, to show, like... Because I know a lot of Pittsburgh? people put a lot
0: of emphasis. Yeah,
1: this Pittsburgh game, I thought was a really good... It was an interesting game because they the Sharks were really good in the face-off circle this game. Even when they were... Even when they were down six, one, they were still slaying in the faceoff circle. It was just that they couldn't <laughs> do anything with the puck after they won the draw, which is why I think like faceoffs is just another, it's just another battle,
0: right? Sure. Uh, when it comes to the goaltending, like Hill, he's you know he's on that Rona. Uh but Reimer uh, did not, uh, as Ian pointed out earlier, uh, not a great week for, for Reimer. Right, and I don't think it's like we we should. <laughs> Rhyme
1: row with the trash right now, or anything no, like not that. Not at all. But, <laughs> but, I mean, if this continues, these numbers are going to find Aiden Hill territory really quick. It won't take long.
0: Yeah. They could even find Martin Jones territory. They, we don't they could. <laughs> and then what <laughs> will we do? Uh, this week, blue line points, four goals, six assists on the season. That's pretty good. You know, 10 points over three games from the blue line. Not too shabby. On the season, 71 points over 33 games. For those of you who are mathematically challenged, it's better than a point per game. So, look, the blue line is participating. So, let's just hit the module real quick. Any changes, Jerk? Um, Module. Probably no changes,
2: really. So for the last five weeks, the top three has been Hurdle, Meyer, and Couture. That is still your top three according to high value goals and total goals and the module score. However, Eric Carlson, with his play as of late, he's slowly climbing the rankings. He's now tied for fourth on the module with Jonathan Dolan. They have the same. They have the same amount of goals and they have the same amount of low, mid, and high value goals. Go figure. Um, Nick Benino, we were talking about how. He had four goals on the year, and all of them were high value. He's now got five, and they're all still high value. So despite having five goals, Nick Benino is still at the top of the ranking. See, that's what I'm saying,
0: dude. It's like, he not scoring a whole lot, but when he does, they're fucking meaningful. Yep.
2: Yeah. And, and you know, last thing, too, so Barabanov, he started the year with three high value, three of his three goals being high value. Last two have been low value, but I think for somebody like Barabanov, I think you just want them to go in right now.
0: Sure. Absolutely. Uh, that's really it. Beautiful. Uh, let's some quick hits. And uh, oh, see, I see. I say quick hits. I feel like they might be elongated hits. <laughs> well, that's a
2: beautiful thing about this being our podcast is we can just skip them if we don't want to talk about
0: it. <laughs> well, or we can talk forever. Yeah, that, that too. I mean, uh, two yeah, Hold on, wait a minute. wasn't Wasn't Ian like uh, posting the idea of a three hour show? I don't know. Uh, so, <laughs> quick hits. Our buddy Shang Pang uh, asked on 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 a, on his podcast, and the, it was a weird week for Shang. I love Shang. Don't get me wrong, but it felt like depending on what platform he was uh, was on, he was asking a different question that seemed to conflict with the previous one. Shang asked. Should Bob Boogner be on the hot seat? And I'm listening to that, going, Well, why? And the reason why I asked why is that at this point, like, look, the the, the best chef in the on the planet can only make a meal that is so good when his ingredients suck. Right? And the ingredients that Bob Boogner was given this season, not the greatest. He only has one year left on his deal. Uh, and 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 if he doesn't get an extension this off season, is that not kind of an admission that yeah you're not going to be here past that? But my point being,
2: real he, I, really quick, Bugner has next year on the deal as well.
0: That's mm. oh, I'm sorry, that's is that think. is not not what I illustrated? No, you said this year was the last year. I oh, remember. I'm sorry. Well, I'll, you are correct. Uh, yeah, the end of this year, and then yes following year, 21 or 22, 23 fall. Mm-hmm. That's his last year, at least for right now. But the fact of the matter is Shang is, is did a whole bit about should Bugner be on the hot seat. And in my mind, I'm going, why, why, why would you put him in the hot seat? And to follow that up very quickly, after he talked about that on a podcast, he then did an article for NBCS, uh, NBCS, NBCS, that said for what it's worth an average offense coupled with San Jose is above average team defense that should punch their playoff ticket. So you take both of those statements together and I'm going, wait a minute. If you get, if you have a coach that gets you to the playoffs, why the fuck would you be on the hot seat?
3: Because yeah. Yeah. Go ahead,
0: jerk. No,
2: I was, no, I, you know, I, I, was trying to like think about that as you were saying it, and yeah, that is kind of weird. Like there, I mean, unless there's something I'm missing.
0: Yeah, I think like, we need to get Shang on here to like try to elucidate as I'm, to what I mean, he's I'm trying just, to I'm, talk about. I'm just, I'm just curious. One, I mean, I think, I
2: mean, I think they're both valid talking points, but yes, I don't, but I don't really know. I don't really know if if uh, one or the other path is super clear yet. You know. Hmm.
0: I just—if anybody should be on a hot seat right now—and I hate to say it because he's on uh, PTO for whatever uh, physical health ailment it is—if anything, to me, I'm going no. Doug Wilson is the one that should be on the hot seat right now. Yeah, and that was gonna be
1: my like—that's—that was gonna be
0: my my question to follow up is like, how many
1: coaches? And I've said this a billion times on on various steel town shows, but. How many coaches does Doug Wilson get to fire?
0: Well, the fact that Doug Wilson is uh, last I looked is the second longest tenured GM in all of the NHL. Like yeah. you've had a long time to get her done. So I'm not like I'm not
1: a big Bob Boogner guy, right? I I've, I've been pretty clear on that. But I mean, I, you you have to give him credit, but there's also like it's not like it this year's been a complete disaster, right? Like this year, given everything, that Bob Bugner has had to work with and all the outside nonsense and inside nonsense and everything else. Like, the Sharks, for a long time this year, now, obviously, look, at it, it's only the beginning of the season. You know, are we even halfway through yet? I don't even know. But there was a, there was a lot to like about this team. Like, there, this team was playing well. This team could lose games, and I wasn't mad because I thought, given what... You saw effort, to work right? with, He had them playing well. Yeah. And you could look at, you could find, you know, I, I as much as we ripped on the the intermission, you know, you could find silver linings and things. You could find things you like that you could say, yeah, but if this continues, they're going to be okay. And they're going to be, you know, but, man, those feelings haven't been there for a while, have they? <laughs> <laughs> it's, right?
0: it's been a hot minute, but, you you know, you're talking about, that the Sharks are kind of like, it feels like where we didn't think they were going to be world beaters. We didn't think they were going to, it's, uh, oh my God, what's the line where it's like, you know, too good to suck, but you know, too bad to be worthwhile in the playoffs type of a thing. You know, like you're, mm-hmm. you're sitting there in purgatory and limbo can't <laughs> like f- fucking pick a lane. yeah but i think but like going back to like what you said like i mean
1: for look at doug wilson's done a lot of good things in san jose right again Um, uh, same thing amazing like i think the sharks at the start of the season there was a lot to like about the way they played and obviously bob bugner has to get some credit for that
3: Mm -hmm.
1: but i mean if you look at where this team is now I, i it's it's time to stop looking at coaching Like, coaching is no longer – like, I don't think Bob Buchner is a good coach, and I don't advocate for him being here. But I think that there are bigger problems with this team than Bob Buchner.
0: I would totally agree. And this is something that I had jotted down where it was just kind of like, if we're going to talk about Doug Wilson for a minute, let's talk – what his three best moves, his three worst moves. And at least for me, three best moves that he ever made, obviously, number one – is trading Sturm, Primo, and Stewart for Thornton. That was a franchise. Yeah, how many years that was? Okay, but hold on. See, that's the whole thing. Is you're proving my point. That was a franchise-altering deal. That was also something that happened 16 years ago. Yep. Then you have for me second best move he ever played was Matt Carl Ty Wissert first and a fourth to get Dan Boyle and Lukowicz. Again, something that happened in what 08. Okay. Yep. And then third one, Devin said Charlie Coyle in a first, you know, and that first, by the way, never played a single game in the NHL to get Brent Burns. And that was back in what, tw- like 10 years ago, 2011, 2010, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. So it's like you look at it, it's like those. And I think you'd be hard pressed to find anybody who, who would find a move that Doug Wilson made that would supersede any of those. Now, bottom, you know, like the three worst moves in my mind that Doug Wilson ever made, uh, letting Pavelski walk, like not getting him, you know, not keeping him, whether it was, you know, because he wanted to keep Evander Kane, whatever. Either way, it was the fact that, look, you look at what Pavelski's done for Dallas over the last two years, that was a mistake. In hindsight, that's a mistake. The other one, giving Brent Burns that eight-year deal because before that, Doug Wilson had only signed five-year Deals at the most, that for me opened up the fucking floodgates to sign all these ridiculous long-term deals. And then the third one, of course, is signing anybody—you know—signing a deal that anybody had the initials MB, Mark Bell, Mikael Bodker, <laughs> blah blah blah. You know, but the, those are goofy ones. But it's like Pavelski and Brent Burns. What what my point is is that you look at the history. Doug Wilson knocked it out of the park the first half. Of the 18 years that he's been the GM for the Sharks, the last nine years, it it's it's getting progressively worse. It feels like.
1: Yeah, he's he he he. It seems like he has more misses than hits lately. And I mean, like, look at and and some things like at the time probably like I, I think the Evander Kane thing looks really bad in hindsight. Like, look at and I I I'm not going to sit here and pretend like. I was never on like the Evander Kane redemption tour cause I was totally on that train. Right. Like I was, I was on it and there was times was that? before the summer where I would come on here and I would argue that when the sharks kept Evander Kane over Joe Pavelski, that was the right move at the time. Now I don't agree with that anymore. I think that there was a lot of red flags with Evander Kane that we probably overlooked cause we wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt. And you know what? That's fine. Like, I, you know what? I'm human. I make mistakes. And I'll be the first to admit that in hindsight, like with the benefit of hindsight, yeah, I don't know if I'd make that move still. Even even at Joe Pavelski's age, I don't know if, if I would. But, I mean, you, again, with the benefit of hindsight, life doesn't work like that, <laughs> unfortunately. Right? So, I feel like, but if you look at, like, where this team is right now, like, look, at this team is probably going to have to buy out of Vander Kane in the offseason. season it had to buy out Martin Jones. Mm-hmm. Like th- this, this is a, I, I just, I feel like, look, and these are probably the moves you have to make. Like you could fire Doug Wilson, bring someone else in, and he's probably looking at that Evander Kane deal for sure. Like that's something that has to go because I don't <laughs> think there's any future for him here. Dude, whether any GM coming
0: not. into that gig is going to look at that Kane deal and go, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. You know, like that that, that,
1: that, that it's, it's untenable at this point, And that's a contract that has to get bought out. But I think they probably would have to come in and probably look at classic deal and yeah. probably wonder if Hasso would let them pull the trigger there too. Like, I think the mess that's been made of this team by management is going to take a long time to undo. I just I don't have the, the faith that Doug Wilson's the guy to do it. Jerk? i don't know i mean it's really
2: it's really no it's really hard to say because on the one hand like you may you make good points right where it's like all the good stuff has been a long time ago and all the blunders have been more recent but i don't feel and i've said this many times before i don't feel like the blunders were gross negligence i just i honestly feel like they were a roll of the dice that did not go the way he was hoping and you know does that mean that he gets a pass to stick around? I don't really know, but at the same time I don't think it's totally cut and dry that he should be out of here either. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I I agree the Evander Kane deal. I mean, you try to trade that, but I think it is headed to a buyout um as as you said Ian cuz the thing is if Kane had a future on the Sharks, he'd already be back he'd be on the here. Team. Be back. Yeah. He he he's cleared his suspension over a month ago. Mm-hmm. And and even with Vlasik, like yeah, like I mean, we've talked about it so much. That contract, if you buy out that contract, it sucks. It's awful. Yes, it does. What but What at- does
0: it also say, though? The fact that since Evander Kane has been eligible to play, the Barracuda have played like, I don't know, 12 games, and he's played in like four or five of them? Well, you know, you got to keep the dates
2: open for court,
0: but whatever. <laughs> oh, um, yikes. <laughs> but,
2: you know, I, I, I just, even that last contract, like, yeah, it's, it's crappy as we've said, but if you are, you know, whether you hire a new general manager or where it, whether it is Doug Wilson who sticks around, like I really agree with Ian. You got to look long and hard on that and say, okay, we suck. Is it worth just eating this buyout and hoping that the sunshine on the other side comes quicker than it looks? (laughs) Because I mean, (sighs) I, I mean, I feel like I've had to explain this argument every time the, a buyout has come up. You know, Martin Jones, Evander <laughs> Kane. Are you talking uh, to
0: the retards on Sharksman Facebook?
2: <laughs> like, you know, you, you look like, yeah, okay, 3.6 million, 1. 1.4, 4.1, 5.1. Like, those are sucky,
1: obviously. Super sucky. Yeah.
2: But it's like, it's less than 7 million, which is a positive. I get it. He's not on the roster. But it's less than 7 million. And by the time... They can you know, it's gonna be one point six million, and you know, that's around the time the cap is supposed to go back up anyway. I know I've said this for the last two, you know, Jones buyout, potential Kane buyout now Vlasic, but maybe this is the situation where you just gotta rip all the band-aids off, deal with it, yes. and just get to the other side. See, because
0: that, well, see, that's, that's what Minnesota's doing. Well and and we'll see how it works out for them. That's where I'm at, where I was just kind of like, fuck, man, are we going to let things like Burns? Carlson, Couture, Kane, like these ridiculously long contracts, are we gonna let them fuck up the future where you've got, you know, you're, you're eyeballing guys like Co and Eklund, and, and 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 Gushkin, and all, you know, like these guys that could be the future, it just feels like, man, this crossover could be really fucking bad.
1: And the here's the, and here's the thing too, right? Like it's it's one thing I know like a lot of people would like just like to strip this thing down to the bolts. Like you have to keep some veteran guys along, so you don't have to get rid of all these contracts. You don't get rid of all of them. Like some you want to keep some of those guys along. Like as much as you might despise Brent Burns or you don't like Eric Carlson, like you want you need guys like that still on the team as you turn it over. Well, and Logan you, Couture, and Logan yeah, Logan Couture is another guy. You know, I I think Logan Couture maybe at some point you probably i think Logan Couture is a guy I think you could still trade and you'd still get a decent return for him at some point sure. so like I think if you go the rebuild route Logan Couture is on the table cuz he's not going to be there but you don't have to get rid of all the contracts cuz you still need guys like you don't want to do what Edmonton did and and just be like we're just going to play all 20 year olds and see how that goes well it goes off <laughs> we've seen
0: it. well we're going to play all 20 year olds but we're going to play them with like two of the best players in the NHL
1: yeah. But I mean, but look at how many times Edmonton had to reload.
0: Oh, sure. And reload and reload. Oh, Why? Dude, how many times they were they gifted like the, the, the number the kids, 1 pick. Right? <laughs> no one
1: else? Like you you still need veteran guys on the team.
0: Well, here here's and my decent thing. veteran guys. Here's my thing is that between February 27th and March 17th, right? So so just after the whole Olympic break and obviously <laughs> not Olympics anymore, but <laughs> after Olympic the break. after the calendared break uh, you know, you basically got about three weeks. The Sharks are going to play eight games, and six of them are Pacific. Those are in division games. Uh, the Sharks, they got to be a wild card team or better going into that stretch. And if they suck, you know, if they go five hundred, look the the deadline is March twenty first. Mm-hmm. At the end of that, is Hurdle still here? I don't know. I don't. But that's that's going to be fucking huge that to me, that is the stretch to look for is right after that Olympic break. The, again, the sharks, all those fucking games that are finally in division after waiting and waiting and waiting, you know, there's other teams that they were able to bank some divisional points early and take advantage of some of the COVID shit. Look, the sharks, it's going to be interesting. So, uh, Man, we're running long. What a shock. Uh, Coming up this week, (laughs) coming up next week, I should say, uh, we're going to talk about uh, three games that we're going to catch you up on uh, as the Sharks finish up a four-game roadie at Detroit, at Buffalo, at Philly. Look, Detroit, better than most expected. And, hey, if Dylan Larkin spills your beer, there's video. He's going to buy you another one. It's out there on Twitter. Uh, Buffalo, it will be the second meeting this time after the Sharks won a five to three victory over the Sabres at SAP. But by the way, the lowest attendance in SAP history, that was interesting back on November 2nd, finally, the Philadelphia Flyers who the Sharks just beat in overtime. But remember that was against Felix. That was not against Martin. I will imagine that we will see Martin because Ian needs a haircut. So. do I ever. <laughs> so we go around the NHL, and these are going to be really cool. Look, as we expected, and it, it feels like this was announced yesterday, but it also feels like it was announced five months ago, the NHL finally announced they were pulling out of the Olympic participation. They oh, no. Anyway. Uh, I'm ca- bummed. Yeah. Oh, Who cares? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I don't know. It it, 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 su- it it sucks, but I think it's necessary.
0: Yes. Uh, the Flames have pulled out of a new arena deal in Calgary. Does that mean that they're going to move anywhere? Probably not. No, it's just they're just they no, just I want think, a better deal. Yeah, <laughs> I
2: think I well and I think their ownership group I think is kind of shady too. But whatever. Yeah,
1: they're just it's negotiating in public, man. They're just negotiating through the media. They'll get it sorted out again because they'll be like, Oh, these extra fees and we want the city to pay for all of them
0: and <laughs> you know, eventually they'll pay their share and we'll yeah. be back to back to normal. Calgary's not going anywhere. So the uh, NHL, they pull out of the Olympic participation because of the Rona. And then uh, what happened? Oh, World Juniors got it canceled.
1: Dumb. And let me tell you why it's dumb. Like, obviously, the IW the, the International Hockey Federation, they have their own COVID rules. And I think their COVID rules were a little bit like one guy tests positive and the entire team goes into quarantine, right? Um, Which is fine. If that's the way they want to do it, it's fine. But if that's the case, then why aren't they in their own hotel? Like, Hockey Canada can't, and, and the IHF can't afford to put them in a hotel all by themselves and not with the general public? Like, <laughs> such a clown show run operation. I feel really bad because, like, one, one of the best, some of the best hockey you'll watch all year. Bar none. And, and for two, like, this is for some of those kids, like this is as good as it gets. That's the this is the bi- that's the biggest thing they will ever do when they played a couple games and went home.
0: Yeah, that's some bullshit. You, well, you look and at Eklund. Then, Eklund is like, fuck
1: you. <laughs> well, and and yeah, they say, Oh,
2: well, we like you said, poor planning on the COVID front and then mm-hmm. they say, Oh, well, we have you know, we have to go, you know, we have to cancel the tournament because of X, Y, and Z. And then there's all the backlash on Twitter and it's like, Well, we're 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 gonna try to bring it back. It's like if only you had just planned well from the jump,
1: you know? But, yeah. Like, I whatever. think like, again, like I'm not here to argue with anyone about COVID and COVID protocols and everything, but I just, I don't understand why if the guy is, you know, like isolate that dude and let the rest play like every other sport. Mm-hmm. They're all vaccinated. I mean, they're all vaccinated. So it seems really bad. They canceled the, they canceled the tournament over, what sounds like four cases? Like it seems like a overreaction for something that's not going anywhere.
0: And let's let's just men- mention this for a hot minute. If you get v- double vaxxed, you get the booster. Whatever. Fully vaxxed. Fully, okay. Fully vaxxed. Whether that means two shots and boosted, or just the two shots, whatever. Because va- it doesn't mean you're not going to catch it. Mm-hmm. It just means that your your chances of going to the hospital if you do get it go down way big time right yeah it's not that it's not okay that but there's a lot of fucking morons out there they're like oh i got both the shots why did i catch this and it's like because yeah yeah because because there's different
1: kinds of vaccines right like there's like there's some like the polio vaccine which have almost completely eradicated the 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 virus right like smallpox, smallpox yeah. isn't a thing no,
0: Absolutely, this isn't but that kind of vaccine. It's just yeah, no, it's just that idea. Of it's like, oh, I'm vaccinated, so I should never catch it, right? And it's like, no, you're a fucking idiot. You clearly don't know what it means. But whatever. Yeah. whatever. Uh, any takeaways <laughs> from the uh, the Winter Classic? Any fun to be had from Minnesota?
2: I thought I thought the aesthetic and everything I thought looked really good. Um, it I looked like I it think was
0: it, cold as fuck.
1: Yeah,
2: it was pretty, <laughs> but like the novelty
1: is completely worn off for me. Yeah, I'm kind of with
2: I just, you. I, I, always, I always feel like, and and it's totally pure coincidence, but I always feel like the outdoor games are really close games and they kind of keep you glued to your seat a little bit. I'll be honest, during this Winter Classic, the Blues, when they started taking off, I took a nap.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, look, for those of you who don't know, because it seemed to be going back and forth on Reddit and social media, blah, blah, blah. Either way uh hockey jerk is going to get a close-up look at these motherfuckers pretty goddamn soon because the all-star game is being played in that vegas
2: i was gonna say with that first
0: photo well no okay (laughs) so well that was my point so this is evidently the the jerseys uh after a couple years of using the actual team crest for the, you know, the player, if he was a Sharks player, the Sharks crest and so on and so forth. Evidently, the NHL is moving back to using the NHL crest. If you look at the jerseys here that were leaked, that were supposed to be used for 2022, they might look somewhat familiar as the color scheme and everything is kind of similar from a decade ago. Uh, I'm just going to say right now, these suck. And the reason why I say that, I really like the idea of the player wearing the... Like, if you want one squad to wear a particular color scheme and the other... set, That's fine. But wear the shield that you're representing. That's me.
2: Well, I disagree because they're all there to... They're all there... (laughs) They're all there to represent the NHL, and it's an NHL event, so... To me it makes sense to wear the NHL crest. And obviously there So respective... did you
0: hate the last 2 seasons then?
2: I did. And Well, fuck you. To, and you know, <laughs> they're going to have they're going to have their respective team logo on the shoulder. So that's fine, you know. My issue and I I really like these jerseys from a just an independent design standpoint. I think the colors are nice, the designs are nice. I really like these jerseys. But within the context of where the All-Star game is and what the theme of the All-Star game in Las Vegas is, these make no sense to me because historically <laughs> historically we've seen the jerseys color and in some cases design match the host team. And I always go back to 2017. Oh,
0: you, what, so the, the stars on the sleeves should be replaced with like what? An A, a J, a K, and a Q to represent like ace, jack, queen, king? Anyway, um, well, it's in the, Las Vegas, my brother. I'm talking colors,
2: you know, oh. and I think, well, you know, I go back. I go back, back to, Chrome you go back to the, everyone, the L.A. The L.A. All-Star Game and the Tampa Bay All-Star Game. Those jerseys were ugly. But in terms of matching the the theme of the host city, I thought they both hit it out of the park. Hmm. This is kind of the opposite. Nice jerseys, but don't really match the theme of the host city.
0: I would agree with that. I still look at this and I go, no, no, for me, the NHL, they were onto something by using a monochrome version. Yeah. Oh, of the, uh, cool
2: black and charcoal. That's so fun to watch. I'm not saying that it's
0: fun, but I'm saying I, I liken it to like football where in the, in the pro bowl, the guys they wear you know the 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 jersey of whatever conference that they're representing whether it's the American or National but they still wear the helmet from the team that they represent just like in baseball they might wear the you know the the national or american league but they wear their hat i feel like this could have i i just like the fact where all of the players, whether they play for the Eastern Conference or the Western Conference, you can represent that by the color of the jersey you're wearing, but there still needs to be an acknowledgement of the team that you're representing.
1: Be on the shoulders, but yeah,
0: I feel like the shoulders. That's that's for me. It's like, well, hell, it might as well just be a patch on their ass. Like no one's gonna see it. You know what I mean?
2: No, I don't. But, okay. I think
0: it's fine. Okay, well. Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's get onto the dark horses and clear this shit out. Uh, Jerks Canucks have climbed out of the basement. They're doing so much better uh, just to scotch above Seattle. So, it helps. Uh, they went on that ridiculous six-game winning streak. Then they had, what, like an OTL or something? But either way, they've won one. Look, the bottom line is Vancouver has 35 points, and they are only two points behind my Kings right now. It's going to be interesting to see how the second half of this shit works out because my dark horse, of course, was the Los Angeles Kings. Right now, as it stands, if you go, you scroll up, you hit the little wild card button, you're going, fuck, LA right now, they're only a point out of the wild card. They're better than San Jose right now. Meanwhile, Vancouver, three points out. But again... There's still another half a season to go, so jerk and I we're gonna have a lot of fun watching this shit as it proceeds. Uh, Martin. All Jones. All those teams above Vancouver, though, also have like games in hand. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, fuck you. So jerk. I don't think the the Canucks are as close as they look. Yeah, yeah. F you, jerk. Uh, sorry. <laughs> uh, Martin Jones' save percentage is now is at 906. He only needs eight more starts to complete the 20 start threshold. Uh, I, I don't know. Is Kata hot still on protocol? Or did he get out yet? No, he's still there. Okay. Still then, there. well, it's then...
2: worth, it's worth mentioning as well. Martin Jones could start every remaining game of the season, but if he's not on, if he's not nine 15 or above, it doesn't matter.
0: Yes. But, worth the, mentioning. but there are two criteria that needs to be satisfied. Sure. I'm just elucidating that we're, we're very close to one of them. As mm-hmm. long as he doesn't play any of his former teams, we might be, have a chance at this. <laughs> I don't know. I mean
1: I think if you look at I think if you look at the big picture and you look at a lot of his starts like yeah he, he had that really hot start that has really Oh
0: dude, he was 3 and 0 oh, and then
1: Yeah, and, and the same percentage in <laughs> those games were just like obscene and that's kind of like, Yeah. If if he if he if he plays the way he's played for the rest of the season, he's going to dip below 9 pretty quick.
0: Yeah. To to the happiness of your wife and when she yes. looks, at, looks at your hair. <laughs> it's funny because
1: she's like, uh, so uh, she every once in a while she'd be like, so Martin Jones not doing good still? Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> ah, all right. Let's hit we, up the you kids. Don't, she doesn't have to send the divorce papers yet.
0: <laughs> Let's hit up the kids here. Ooh, so we'll hit this real quick. I mean, there's some postponements, but like the, uh, the Cuda... victory over the Eagles in Colorado. Kuda netted a pair of power play goals while Melnichuk made 34 saves. Viel in this one had an opener and the empty netter in between Schmielewski and Hobgawaks. Both scored with a man advantage on this one because Weatherby got that send down. He got an assist and a plus two in his AHL debut. They would follow that up, of course, with a shutout. And it's that they got shut out. <laughs> the, uh, Barracuda losing to the Eagles 5-0. The first shutout that the Barracuda saw since opening night at Bakersfield. Then there were a couple postponements versus Bakersfield versus Stockton. But boom, they did play two more versus Stockton. One of them being a 4-0 victory over Stockton. Goals coming from Nick Merkley, who got on a goal and an assist. Blickfeld, who netted two goals... And Weinger getting a goal. Sam Harvey, who gets a shutout. <laughs> Played seven games for the Cuda last season, 11 for the Fort Wayne Comets this season. Mm-hmm. But boom, fucking victory, shutout over the Stockton Heat. It did not go as well today where the Barracuda actually lost 4-1 to Scott Reedy getting the only Cuda goal, of course, because that's what Scott Reedy does. Because right now, when it comes to the leaderboard, other miners look, Scott Reedy, 14 goals, 23 points. Ryan Merkley, 16 assists. I got to feel like Reedy is going to get called up at some point. At some point, someone's going to look at Lane Peterson and go, what is it that you actually do here? And then they're going to say, Reedy, fetch me Reedy. Uh, I don't know because I feel like Like
1: if you're bringing up Reed and then throwing him the fourth line, what's the point? Like he's a guy that you'd probably want to wait until you have um, an opening on
0: your top six or. Well, that wasn't the case with Kevin LeBanc.
1: (laughs) Wow, wait
2: until they wait. Just wait until they trade Hurdle. It'll be
0: fine. That's it. That it'll be more than fine. Uh, When it comes to the prospects, names really haven't changed. Brandon Coe. Fucking killing it. 55 and 31 games. Robbins, 41 points in 31 games. Daniil Gushkin, 29 points in 22 games. Ozzy Weisblatt, 27 and 28. Gannon LaRock, 26 and 30. That rounds out your top five. Let's finish this shit out with our tweet of the week as we always do. And this is one that Jerk and I laughed our fucking asses off at because... Tell Hurdle to man up. Bring Kane back. Trade garbage players for good ones. Now, I'm not even going to get into the whole Hurdle <laughs> thing or the Kane thing. I'm just going to get into the whole trade garbage players for good ones because that's you, so, you so, you-
1: so <laughs> fucking easy to do. I, I do that every day on Cap Friendly. Don't I, you? I <laughs> of course you oh, do. No, it's easy. It's so easy. Well, it's like, it,
2: it just reminds me of a few years ago. Um, the first year, the Sharks missed the playoffs in this recent stretch, where it's like you have people on Twitter like, "Well, you know, the trade deadline comes and goes, and they're freaking <laughs> out. Why, why didn't we acquire picks for Melker Carlson?" It's like, <laughs> I don't know, dude. <laughs> like, really think about it. <laughs> How did we not get two firsts for Melker? Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the thing. We see it so many times where there are players on the Sharks that people will fall in love with, like Sharks mm-hmm. fans, Sharks personalities, whatever you call this podcast. Like there are players on the sharks that people will fall in love with. And then their contract is up. They sign with another team and it's like, they don't even crack the NHL roster.
0: Dude. I'm, I'm at this point. I'm I'm just, I, I see that tweet and I'm going, wait a minute. Are you telling me that I can like take my trash bag to like blue line pizza and get like a nice pie? Yeah, That's how I understand. You know, trade bad players for good ones. I yeah. Mean, it's, trade it's garbage crazy. for good. I'm down. It's easy. <laughs> Just saying. Oh, dear Lord. All right. So uh, it's time to wrap it up, kids. <laughs> so okay. make sure to check us out. Hello. Our latest one-on-ones. We talked to uh, Vancouver Sports Talk Radio God, Matt Sicaris. He's always a fun chat. I also spoke recently to Drew Ramenda, And if you don't know, that motherfucker has some stories. Let me let you know. So always interesting tales and takes to be seen there follow us on social media youtube twitter instagram facebook reddit it's all good if you know the discord link then you are among the cool kids if you ever want to support the show we would totally appreciate it you can use the super chat option during the live shows but we absolutely appreciate the venmo option where we actually get 100 of your donation rather than having to give half of it to google those fucking guys (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you know what i'm saying you can follow him at hockey underscore jerk you can follow that other guy over at ian.blogs.hockey you can it's follow Ian blogs hockey there's no dots there's no there's dots not, well no, goddamn! No. why did you not fucking correct me earlier you I can should... see it on the screen for fuck's sakes you're right I, I don't know i just
1: left it be I didn't so, know it's ju- so it's just so i'm a guest
0: here okay so it's ian blogs Ian blogs hockey, hockey. there's right a, there are no dots for christ's there's sakes no dots. So, you want to follow him, Ian, Plogs Hockey. me, AJ. Underscore dot strong dot com dot something. I have a lot of dots on mine. Uh, if you ever have any questions or topics you want to hear us bat around the horn, we can do that. Send them to at USA on Twitter. Don't forget to join us on the Discord channel where the chat never stops. Again, if you're lucky to get that link, enjoy it, and with great power. Don't bring comes, your bots. Yeah, comes great responsibility. Check the show notes for the link, thanks. and remember to leave your take in the comment section of this YouTube video if you weren't able to watch it live. So famous last words, Mr. Ian Reed. You are the guest. You go first.
1: Famous last words. Uh, thanks for having me on, guys. This was a lot of fun. Uh, when the shark's too good, it's good, and when the shark's too bad, it's bad. It's pretty simple. Trade bad players for good
0: ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, trade garbage for good. Jerk man, easy. Announce the
2: of extension. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Either uh, that, or let him keep playing and trade him for something nice. Oh, I will take that. I mean, you got you gave up Suomela for him. I mean, anything would be found money at this point.
0: Yep. Okay. See, and that's that's a great point. We're talking about found money. We talked about the whole Doug Wilson uh, best and worst moves, and I think I was I was inaccurate. I talked about the Thornton deal. I talked about Boyle. I talked about Brent Burns, but you know, honorable mention should probably be picking Balsers up waivers, getting Barabana Su- you know Barabanoff for Suamella, and the Dalen deal. You got to give him credit for those. It
1: hasn't been all bad.
0: Yeah, you have to give him credit for those. Um, For me, I'm just like, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but it's been pretty fucking good here so far. I'm damn close. Hockey Jerk has seen the full screen cap of this. And like I said, right now, the Sharks, 17, 15, and 1. At this point, I had them 18 and 15. That's pretty fucking close. Now, you go back to good news and bad news. The bad news is the back half, the, the back nine, if you will, if you're on the golf course, it doesn't look good. It's not going to get you in a playoff thing. So hopefully my picks on the on the back end go horribly wrong. But so far they've been pretty fucking good. Just saying. So like I said earlier, Remember to subscribe to us on YouTube, follow us on social media. If you listen to us on a podcast platform such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, whatever, help us out. Do us a favor, hit that subscribe button, leave us a review. We would totally appreciate that. And you can find links to all our social media and podcast platforms in the YouTube description or SoundCloud below. Find everything on tealtownusa.com. Remember to check out our After Dark post-game shows following every single Sharks game. And the next one is, what are we, who the fuck are we, Detroit? Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, that wouldn't go (laughs) wrong there. (laughs) So that's our show, everybody. Thanks for watching and listening. We will catch you for our next show, episode 147, one week from tonight. Good night, everybody, and have a great and happy new year.